That sounds like some kind of witch curse. Vernacio writes, Hey guys, I remember you lamenting that you couldn't do Let's Plays because apparently Zack and Kevin both play games in a frustrating manner. Why not play a game like Castle Crashers or Risk of Rain where you're forced to progress? Do you guys remember last week's podcast where I promised uh, the listeners that we would do listener's mail this episode? Oh, And I said, in fact, that we would start with listener's mail. Mm -hmm. And Riff said, you are going to blow my fucking mind, (laughs) Zach. Is that what I I said? Have I, Zach, who I'm, blown your fucking mind, Riff? Who you're? I I guess so. Uh, that's a good question. I guess that would be possible. I don't know that I really, I don't think that I would want to do a let's play of a game where you didn't really get to make any choices. You, you get to make some choices in Castle Crashers though, like which familiar you have out and yeah, but they're like, you're, you are constantly making choices about which guys to fight and which loot to pick up and You're not, which no, secrets to... Uh, because the answer is all of them and all of it, respectively. Yeah, well, but you don't end up getting all of them, because especially if you're playing multiplayer, right? Like, that's the whole... I mean, I guess there's the, like, yelling at each other yeah, thing. Yeah, like, and that's, that's the, what makes it entertaining. Yeah, I don't know, though. I feel like, I don't know, FTL would be a good game for us to stream. A, it would be interesting to try to play that collaboratively, like... Huh. Okay. How would that even work? Like, we both, we just plug in two mouses, so we both have oh, control over the cursor. So it's the average of our movement. Mm, you yeah, could play it, play it on the iPad and just keep pushing each other out of the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or like yeah, if that you seems have, like it'd be hard to stream, though. If you, if you have an even number of dudes on your ship, you could say that you control half of them and Kevin controls the other half. I mean, I know he didn't introduce himself, so you're not sure who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Greg? Yeah, good old old Greg. Uh, Baz Bryan says, okay, what was the deal with the last video games hot dog podcast? Sounded like someone broke riff. Who was it that recently posted the joke? I think my horse is broken. It's doing everything I tell it to do. Uh, I don't know. That's a pretty good joke. Sandwich Dew says, listening to the Meaty Segment Faults podcast, and you did a good job putting it together. The dialogue coming from Riff is pretty hilarious. Very Max Headroom. Riff. Riff Head Riff. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Taco Bell. I'm really glad you said something about Taco Bell so that it could become a meme. Hmm. Uh, Dai Suo says, Sandwich Dew posted a thread on the video games hot dog forums about Shadowgate, and I was wondering how you feel about the mix of text-based plus contemporary graphics plus PNC games. Maybe some recommendations? Uh, What's PNC? Point and click, point and I'm assuming. Click. Okay. I really enjoyed Shadowgate back in the day, and um, Deja Vu was the other one of that series I played. They they're doing a, a big old uh, a, like HD remix and yeah, that's what he's talking Shadowgate. about. Oh, is that the one he's specifically talking about? Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty excited for that. That should be pretty cool. What does that mean? Because it was all just still images, right? So they're, is it just nicer still images? Yeah, they're remaking all the still images, and I think they're adding some more rooms and some more puzzles because they oh, got good. a lot of they got some extra money in their kickstarter so for stretch goals they're like adding more game to the game we managed to make it like four minutes into the podcast before this random wednesday night concert starts next door so sorry folks this is going to be a this is going to be a noisy one well it's possible wow. that the, uh, the, uh, the folks at home can't hear the like bass guitar that's just like going nuts this right band now. seems 
awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't hear it. it okay, is, well, is that's that, good. Is that that's a likelihood that... Maybe, yeah. I mean, you are hearing through the microphones that we are recording with, but the audience at home probably has a slightly higher fidelity. Yeah, and you're not hearing it with the compression on it. Um, so... The worst, thing means, is, the worst thing is going to be inconsistent room noise, right? Because that, the noise, oh, cause it the noise canceling the thing noise. won't work on that. Although you don't have it, you don't, we don't like do the thing where we record 15 seconds of room noise and then. Uh, no, but I find it. Pull that out. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah. There's always things where, there's always parts where Riff doesn't talk for an hour and there's always parts <laughs> where we don't talk for 45 seconds, seconds while Riff is talking. I see. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm always able to, I'm I always able to retrieve some. We never do it on purpose, but. Huh. Because we're because not we're all in the same room, room we don't need to do that. Anyway, and I only recently started doing that noise reduction thing after somebody asked me to. But you know, some of our listeners have said, I've noticed the quality of your podcast has always been really awesome. Oh, What's yeah? your secret? And I said, change shit all the time. See if anybody notices. And they don't. <laughs> you got real angry at me for changing shit all the time, though. So Yeah, yeah, I did. I don't know how I feel about a Shadowgate remix, because I think that Shadowgate <laughs> is probably not a very good game. And making it again, it's just going to be a pretty or not a very good game. Mm. What about the Shadowgate, uh, London Hellgate uh, crossover? Huh. Mm-hmm. Shadowgate London. Yeah. I wish that Hellgate London had succeeded or had gotten mm. finished or had, you know, I don't know, had the budget that it needed to reach its ambitions or had the team that it needed to reach its ambitions. Yeah. Um, it had a lot of potential. I, I thought it had a lot of potential. I didn't enjoy actually playing it because it, there was like one environment. Uh, just London. Jam Shad says, hot video. That is some effective fucking spam right there. Wait, is that really spam? I don't know. It was there a link be. or anything? <clears throat> nope. Do you strip out HTML? Okay, so there's two things here. Uh, there's two pieces of spam that I actually like okay. uh, here. One of them is from Morty, and it says, Hi there, I stumbled upon your site, www.videogameshotdog.com. Ever wonder how people like Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, or even Oprah Winfrey got so popular? All of these people have social media accounts with millions of likes, followers, and views. Remember how Oprah Winfrey yeah. was such a big hit on social media <laughs> yeah. that she ended up becoming a television star as a result of that? Uh... So then this other one got some, we got, we got lucky with the Markov chains here. John D424 says, I got what you intend. Appreciate it for posting. Whoa, I am lucky to find this website through Google. I was walking down the street wearing glasses when the prescription ran out by Stephen Wright. Buffekagabuffug. Wow. Yeah. Just a cited entire Stephen Wright joke. Yeah. In the middle of a set of randomly generated texts. Like, that is the way to get me to buy whatever it is that you're I, selling. I don't at all understand <laughs> the theory behind that kind of spam. How How is randomly generated text supposed to be? Randomly get? generated text that looks like normal text is going to get around Bayesian spam filters and get the link in front of you. I believe that I... The idea also is that each individual person gets a, a unique email as opposed to sending out the same email to a million people which networks will automatically see oh well, this is clearly spam because why would all of these individuals be getting well, okay the same message? but as soon as a person sees it surely if they have more than three brain cells <laughs> i mean they wouldn't do it if it didn't, of they wouldn't do it if it didn't work 
Right, so someone yeah, is going to click on that, like, boy, I really like some misspelled Viagra. <laughs> yeah. Um, some people just click on every link that people send them. Maybe. Troy writes, Zach, I'm glad you liked On Stranger Tides. I'm a big Tim Powers fan. Try reading Last Call, and if you like that, you might like the Unknown Armies RPG. Because I do very much like the Unknown Armies RPG, I jumped at this recommendation, and I am now halfway through Last Call by Tim Powers, and it's pretty good. It takes place in 1990s Las Vegas and its environs, and it is about a sort of war between either gods or, like, immortal people who inhabit Hmm. multiple bodies throughout Hmm. time. Okay. Um, Do you only read this one while you are uh, on the toilet, like the Unknown Army's source book? No. Okay. No, I read this one all kinds of places. Okay. I'm not going to say I don't read it while I'm on the toilet, but right. at, the, at our old office, which Riff is still at, so it's I guess it's our current office as far as Riff is concerned. And also <laughs> the state and the federal government. Oh, right, right, that. Um, the There was a, I bought a little magazine box uh, for the bathroom and filled it up with RPG source books that I bought and uh, Unknown Armies was in there for a while. Now I think it's on a shelf at my house, but Unknown Armies is, I would love for there to be a video game set in the Unknown Armies hmm. setting because I feel like it is like a less theater nerd, like what White Wolf games are to yeah. theater nerds. This is to, I don't know, drunk nerds. <laughs> Did you ever, the, did you ever uh, see any of that riff or play any of it? I, 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 source book I read on the a toilet. I, I read a little bit of it. Um, it's it struck me as kind of similar to uh, On the Edge. Did you ever play or read that one? No. It was. Um, yeah, what, I always confuse I that, that with human that. occupied occupied landfill. <laughs> that is another good one. Uh, on the Edge is less comedy. It's more like conspiracy. Mm. It's one of those. What if every single conspiracy you ever thought of was an actual thing? Ah, oh, that's good. Yeah, man. I, you know, I guess there was a video game based on Unknown Armies, and it was Nexus War, but the guy claims that it's not. And I believe him, because I believe him. He's got a face you can trust that you will occasionally see during Wikipedia fundraisers. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the word honesty underneath it, because... <laughs> Is it possible that he didn't write the lore for it? Because, like... No, I don't think so. I think he did. Because, I, I mean, I asked him. I'm like, this is super, super similar to Unknown Armies. Like, that's an obvious influence. He's like, no, people keep saying that, but I've never heard of it. I just wrote just the independent exact creation. same story huh. and used all of the same words <laughs> in the same sequence. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't really. Um, And, I mean, I guess there was, there was a lot of it that, like, fundamentally, like, if you were making a video game of Unknown Armies, the main thing about it would be the different schools of magic that were based on like more Harvard modern school day of magic things. Yeah, yeah. Yale School um, of Magic. The Bard Rock. The Wizard, the Wizard Rock, Rock College, Wizard Rock of, College of Merlin. <laughs> no, is it Merlin Rock Mer- College of Wizard? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Conan Rock College of Barbarian. <laughs> wow. No, Barbarian Rock College of Conan. Fuck. Because it? it's Bard Rock College no, of... It's Simon's Rock College oh, of Bard. Simon's Rock College of Bard, Conan Rock College of Barbarian, <laughs> Merlin Rock College of Wizard. Because we said, like, this would require a famous bard named Simon, but right. let's just say that there is one. Yeah, sure. Um. Anyway, thank you, Troy, for that recommendation. Uh, it was good, and I am enjoying it. Um. 
There's a lot of crazy people in it that are crazy. He's good at writing crazy people. Just vile, vile characters that their vileness is revealed to you via like even just a paragraph of their sort of internal monologue. Wow. It's ah, it's so good. He is so good at making just despicable, despicable people. So not even through their actions, just their thoughts. It's made worse. I mean, their actions, their actions are sort of would probably be enough to let you conclude that they were horrible. But like they're I mean, it's almost like he goes out of his way to explain how like what kind of things would you have to believe about yourself and the world to act like this Mm -hmm. and just goes through a little bit of that. And it's uh, God, it's just such gross, gross villains. Um, Anyway, yeah, Tim Powers, write a book. Read a book. Read a book by him, then write a book. I don't know. <laughs> Can you this... use a pseudonym like uh, Stem Flowers? Stem Stem Flowers. Yeah. yeah that's good. Uh, he, so this, it's weird. The last Call came out like a year after or two years after uh, Stephen King's The Wastelands, the third book in the Dark Tower series. They're both very... Uh, very liberal with their citations of the wastelands by T.S. Eliot. And I don't know if they were both like being worked on at the same time or this one was written afterwards and was just a total hack job or what, but it's cool. Um, anyway, you should also read the dark tower series up to and including the wastelands and then stop. That's my recommendation. I see. Uh, Brandon Douglas says based on your praise for Lords of Waterdeep and the Resistance I've managed to bring some cool games to my weekly game night group do you have any other suggestions for games with cool systems non-deck building is a plus Uh, yes I'll talk about it a little bit later but the doom that came to Atlantic City oh yeah yeah it is like a I guess I can just talk about it now Uh, yeah do that uh, I played it for the first time this past weekend it was a uh, it was a kickstarted game that sort of survived a kickstarter controversy um by Keith Baker and another guy named Lee something, I think, whose name I'm forgetting. Um, and it is sort of a reimagining of Monopoly. Um, the idea being that you start with a board that already has like houses and hotels on it, and you are an old god uh, from the Cthulhu mythos that comes to town and destroys shit and uh, makes gates to. Uh, other planes of existence and it's great it's just super fun it's like really the mechanics are just really clever and it feel like the game feels super interesting and it like can you uh give an example of a way in which the mechanics manifest as clever uh so there so like one of the problems that monopoly had is that the game sort of goes on forever um and this game if you build six gates of your to like to your particular or if your deity builds six gates then you um just win automatically um but everybody has a unique shortcut victory condition that they have drawn from a deck of sort of victory conditions um and those are like all over the place and so like everybody has sort of a, a shared goal and a you like an individual goal are they secret um, Nope, they're public. Okay. Um, but you can occasionally, in the course of the game, like draw a new one and decide if you want to swap to a, a new one. 
So like that they can change mid game. Hmm. Um, oh, so it's like flux. Well, it's not like it's not really like flux in that way. It's not like you get to change the rules all the time. Um, in uh, Monopoly, like landing on a particular square to like actually buy the property or whatever can sometimes be a huge pain in the ass. Oh, have you guys some- heard? The, have you guys heard the new song, Bass Drum? over and over and over and over and over again and nothing else by this band (laughs) Um, so landing on a particular square can be a pain in the ass so there's a bunch of like special powers that you get that allow you to either move an extra square or one less square but you have to spend some resources you have like cultists and when you destroy a house or a, a hotel or whatever you get to keep that as a resource and those become the resources that you spend on your chance c-h-a-n-t-s <laughs> yeah i know i was like i bet they were so thrilled with themselves when they figured you that can out cause monsters to burst out of the community's chests well so it's not community chests it's like providence or whatever but it's uh those the providence cards are like extra powers that you get and they're either just like stat point ups or um like actual like those are like slight rule modifications that you get to do there's one that's kind of awesome which is you travel it's it's a non-euclidean is the name of that one you travel backwards along the board mm-hmm. <laughs> you go counterclockwise instead of clockwise um and then there's a bunch of pvp stuff where when you are in the same region as another uh, old god you can fight them um which is a way to get like to steal their cultists and also like get additional chance cards and stuff it's just great it's just like it is the theming is super super good and the systems are like really well balanced like we played a bunch of games of it and regularly half of us or more than half of us would be very close to to winning and it was just a couple of like turns away from each other super it just felt super satisfying I was really impressed with the photographs I saw of the the figures. Oh, and that the figures, yeah, they are. I almost I almost bought a set just to paint them. Yeah, they are. They're they're plastic. They're not like I think they had talked about maybe doing them out of pewter or whatever. But they are the 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 sculpts are incredible. And like that's I th- I feel like everything about it is just like such a good callback to Monopoly because like you know Monopoly the the pieces were really sort of unique and identifiable and interesting like everybody sort of has their favorite monopoly piece or whatever and in the same way these these sculptures that are like i don't know two and a half inches tall or something like that are so like detailed and awesome like i I don't know it's just it is just super good like the game is really slick looking and the, the mechanics are super solid it's it's really really great i highly recommend it well i'm buying it right now because <clears throat> I was about d- tell the tell the story of the Kickstarter because so, I'm not 100 percent certain. I'm sure how it went. Yeah. So th- the story that was related to me. Uh, so I played it while I was in Colorado this past weekend with uh, some friends of mine who backed the Kickstarter. Um, they so Keith Baker and Lee, whose name I'm last name I'm forgetting, um, had come up with this idea, but hadn't really done anything with it. And a third guy approached them and was like hey i want to produce your game i'll put up set up a kickstarter and we'll get people's money that way and we'll like produce it and it'll be great and he did that got a bunch of money and then sent out these updates like yeah we're having problems with our like producer in china blah 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 and then you know like nothing was happening the games weren't showing up like the you know the the expected delivery date came and went and he like finally reveals that oh yeah i actually used all the money to move to a different state set up a new company to try to like do stuff and it's all gone 
and like all of the updates that he'd sent out were just lies. Hmm. Uh, and so I think Cryptozoic finally said, "Hey, this is a great idea. We should just we'll just make this game, and we will just we will fulfill all the Kickstarter orders, and then just publish it." And so, like, yeah, uh, you know, like be, I think it was because. Keith Baker had a bunch of friends in the board gaming industry <coughs> that he was able to sort of call in a little bit of a of favor kind of situation. Keith Baker is a he's a good guy. He's really yeah. He's, um, a, he's he, the one that made uh, he made Gloom. Gloom yeah, yeah, but he also is the one who made the Eberron setting for hmm. Dungeons and Dragons, right? Um, which was the the setting for like Dungeons and Dragons Online is all in the, oh. the sort of like world campaign setting thing that that he made. Um, I met him on the, Joe the Cruise Jonathan Crazy? Colton Cruise. Yeah, he's just he's just like super down to earth, nice, smart guy. Yeah, I'm forgetting where I I ran into him. Maybe GDC. I don't know. Yeah, I remember. I think I think it was something that you went to that I wasn't at. Okay, that happened the, the second time around. But yeah, well, so good. I'm looking forward to that. I like. I was worried that because of its its checkered sort of development process that it wasn't going to be a thing that you could buy yeah. now, but it totally is. Like I, and I bought it for $20 less than Cryptozoic was selling it for by going to amazon.com and buying <laughs> it and also got it shipped for free, free for in two days instead of however long it would have taken Cryptozoic to send it. So what the fuck? Cryptozoic is still making money on that, but just not as much, right? Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. I mean... I get there are probably some people who would say that I in the same way that you should go to a mom and pop game store to buy these things for more money. You couldn't have done that while we were recording a podcast, though, unless. No, that's that's true. We recorded it in their store. <clears throat> I can't imagine that a mom and pop game shop would be able to sell that for much more than 75 bucks. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if they sold them like I'm sure that Cryptozoic probably charges half of the retail price. To a wholesaler, oh, right? Because isn't that a bit? so? That's, so that's usual. They still made the amount of money off of the Amazon one that they were doing. They're not making as much from the retail sale that Cryptozoic right. would when they both didn't have to buy it, you know, sure. and are charging full retail for it. But yeah, ugh, man, fucking. You'd retail. think that in the internet age, you think that in the internet, it's an economy with nearly perfect information, but it's not no, because not nobody is actually aggregating it. And, well, I mean, I guess Google is, um, but you have to spend time to find all of the information, which no one is ever going to do. So Time is also worth something, though. Yeah, no, it is. But it's like, I just happen to think, oh, I wonder if they have this on Amazon, if it's an actual thing for sale. And like, yes, not only do they have it, it's on Prime and it's $20 cheaper than on. Right. Yeah. So that yep. that sounds like a fun game. I'm excited. Yeah, I, mean, I, I was pretty excited. About let's it. play it in a couple days. Let's do that. How many dudes do you need to play it? I assume that you can play it with two, like two Monopoly. Dudes? Three. I, we can you it play with, it with three men and a baby. We played it with four. And <laughs> can you play it with three men, a baby, and the ghost of a kid who died in the apartment that you were filming? Oh, in? creepy. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Joseph writes, "How old are you?" Is that? Do you think that's spam or no? Joseph writes, how old are you? I don't know if it's spam. It, it happened twice. Question Man says, I really like your podcast. Do you think, wait, do you think that was some sort of weird question where like you answer it and then the second question comes up and you are technically older, but you're mm-hmm. going to answer the same thing. So you're just lying. But you're not lying because I mean, you're 37 for a whole year. 
you're 37 years old, but that's an approximation. Maybe the question was meant to be an exact. I don't. I would Please say that it's not your an approximation. With a number of significant digits. That... It's a shorthand. Hmm. Because it's not an approximation. If it was an approximation, you'd start saying you were 38 six months after your birthday, and no one does that. Six months after I was born. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. How oh, old are you? I'm one, and it was two. midnight. How old are you now? 38. Right. <laughs> a, A, what? And B, how can you talk? Well, no, it's, I think it's part of, you, oh, you just, because you know that you're going to die at, you know, at age 76, so you're just jumping to the midpoint of your life, and that's how old you are. Oh, until okay. So it's a very coarse approximation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like the, the, the mean, the mean age. Okay. <laughs> the age when I'm going to be the meanest. Uh, it already is, buddy. It already is. Um, so I'm Zach. Oh, I'm Riff. <laughs> and I'm Kevin. Yeah, so that was a, that was the listener's mail segment of, uh... Was that all the listener's mail we had? Eh, no, but it was enough it was listeners. Some. It was enough listener's mail for, for one cast. Okay. Um, it was the non-evergreen question. Yeah, it, I got it. I started getting into Dark Souls shit, so I backed off a little bit. Because um. <laughs> the questions got really hard, and <clears throat> yeah. they were asked with clubs, and yeah. you're like, "What the fuck? Why is this club the best question?" What have you guys been up to? You went to get a beer, and when you got back, all the questions had respawned. Uh, God damn! It. No, that was good. I wanted to. I wanted to answer them again. Uh, Joseph writes, "How old are you?" <laughs> I uh, I went to a wedding in Aspen, and it was beautiful. Did you I, get ripping baked? I did not get baked. Did you pull like forty tubes? I did not pull 42. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> That's uh, to take a wicked huge bong rip. Ah, okay. No, there was none of that. Uh, I ate a bunch of food. Pop cookies? No. Kevin, come on. I know, it's legal. I could have just I could have just gone there. And I, I know that's what's stopping you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. No. I don't know. I, it didn't even really occur to me to like actually go to a, the store and buy some legal weed. What? Like, what happens if you go to go to a place now where pot is legal? Yeah, buy a big bag of weed. Yeah, just put it in your carry-on luggage and fly home. I don't know because in the Denver airport, it's still legal, right? Are yeah, the, but there are federal employees screening your luggage, right? And it's not legal nationally. Yeah, but they're not going to arrest you. They might, right? They, they I have, don't think they can. I think I think they're empowered to. I think they're empowered to hold you there until someone who is actually able to arrest they're you shows to up. Do, but the but that might be a DEA agent, right? Like, yeah. So I fuck. I have no idea. That's a really good question. So like, what happens? What happens if you are in Colorado yep. and you get a big bag of weed and you get into a car and you start driving the car at the speed 60, of light 60 miles an hour. towards <laughs> California yeah. and then turn the headlights on. That's a good question. <laughs> it depends uh, on, uh, is your car on a treadmill? You get pulled over because you weren't actually driving the speed of light. You were just sitting still at a green light for like 12 hours. And traffic is backed up all the way into Utah. And you are under so much arrest right now, sir. What if the flight is between Colorado and Washington? Mm, okay. Oh. Where, yeah, so see, then that does get fucking weird. Right? Because both endpoints, <clears throat> it's legal. 
And right. It's just the airspace in between where it's not legal. Yeah. Oh, man. And the guy in front of you is a DEA agent. And as soon as you cross the Colorado border, he was like, sorry, sir, you're about to get extradited. And he throws you out the window of the plane. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Because, uh, I mean, there's also like, you know, in Arizona, it's legal if you have a medical card. In California, it's legal if right. you have a medical card. So just any medical card. Yeah, like, just any I've, medical I've got an card. insurance like, card. Yeah, this is a, this is a, this is a playing card that I wrote RX on. <laughs> Does this count? Oh, sure, buddy. What does RX stand for? Prescription. 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 Well, I mean, it's short for our Christ, um, <laughs> which is which is what our Kelly dresses up as on Easter. <laughs> oh, I was thinking our crumb. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. Nobody nobody ever explained the difference between Halloween and other holidays to our Kelly. H R R Geiger. <laughs> hey, really, Kelly? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have fun on this podcast. We're going to, uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to this uh, weird interactive oh, yeah. theater experience thing that Kevin already went to. I don't remember if you talked about it much. I don't know if I did. On here. Because um, I don't think I would, I would want to spoil it. You but... took uh, Melissa for her birthday. I did. Yeah, it's uh, <clears throat> it's called The Speakeasy, and it's about to be over. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of, it sucks. I, I wanted to go with Emily, but I just had to buy tickets on a particular date because they were running out of tickets. Like three three yeah, days available. And, uh, I ended up having to do it at a time when she's got to be in Arizona for school. So, wow. so you're going to go on uh, a mandate? Yeah, I'm going on a I'm going on a mandate with uh, with Sean Vanneman to the Speakeasy. But uh, I had to go get some clothes because you you're not allowed. I don't actually have like I don't have my suit or any nice clothes really. That sucks. Yeah. In California, so I had to like so I thought, well, I will go to the thrift store and I will see what I can find, huh. and I found nothing. But I uh, you should get a jaunty cap. I, I went to the thrift store specifically to buy a jaunty cap, <laughs> and this is what I found when I finally found at the thrift store where they keep the hats. Yeah. I had three hat options, Okay, one of which was like a San Francisco Giants baseball cap, Okay, the other of which was a San Francisco Giants baseball cap, Okay, the third of which was a gigantic mariachi sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which are there they, really only three hats? There, there were only three hats, and they were two like totally normal ass baseball caps, and just the gaudiest gold threaded sombrero. Huh. Ah, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good selection of hats. Um, so I didn't get any of those. I I kind of wanted like a new like a newsboy cap. Yeah. You know, we have I, those. Uh, we have those like top hats. Yeah, that's not gonna go with anything. That yeah, I could wear the Galifianakis Lincoln beard. Um, hmm. we, we had to go to a party. I don't remember if we told this story or I think not, we but, probably did. but about the beards, we had to, uh, we, our goal was to dress up like Abraham Lincoln and we went to a costume store and the, the solution ended up being to buy Zach Galifianakis beards and yeah. cut the mustaches off the, the Galifianakis. So, so they, Zach Galifianakis minus mustache equals Abraham Lincoln. They yeah. had a specific Zach Galifianakis yep. beard at a costume well, shop? Well, it was not actually Zach Galifianakis branded, because I don't think they wanted like to him. pay uh, him. It was just a guy who looked like Zach Galifianakis, and it was the hangover beard. Huh. Hangover beard. Man over beard. <laughs> hangover board. Man over beard? Yeah. 
Mind over beard. <laughs> Wait, do you guys want to see this cool trick I can do? I telekinetically turn my beard into a tentacle. <laughs> uh, that's all I did that wasn't video games. It's a thing you haven't even done yet. I know. I guess you went shopping. Yeah, I tried to buy a hat and okay. then had that thing that I thought was funny happen. <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast. Okay. I even wrote it down. All right. Uh, what are you, what about you, Riff? What have you been up to? Um, nah, nothing, nothing special. Make something up. I baked a loaf of bread. I feel like you actually did that, Riff. Yeah. Are you so bad at making things up was... that when it's time for you to make something up, you just say something that really happened? It's not so much that I'm making it up; it's that I'm I'm admitting to doing something that I You're previously discounted to mention because it is so dull. <laughs> is was it carb free bread? Yeah, which means it's less like bread and more like sort of a rectangular muffin. But okay. you can slice. Does it, it have a more muffin top? Like bread. Um, no, nah, it's more like a sort of inner texture is the muffiny. So part. it's like well, I mean, banana bread is still called bread, and that's yeah, kind of like okay. a muffin. Yeah. So it's like banana bread, except instead of bananas, it's flax seeds. Huh. Is it flax seed? Wheat or or not wheat? Flaxseed flour. Um, it was almond flour and a little bit of coconut flour and f- flaxseed. Did you just say Afri- coconut flour? Yeah, I'm not sure what that actually is. Huh. You know, coconut oil is kind of amazing. It's 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 gross. Tem- there was the some temperature of that in there too. The temperature at which it is. Solid is, I think, probably like 70 degrees or 75 degrees or something like that. And then it just immediately liquefies at like 80 degrees. Yeah. So it's like you touch it. If it, if it's like a solid spreadable stuff, you touch it and then it just like melts in your hand. Well, unless you put your hand in the freezer for a while first, which I like to call sure. the stranger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That, that, that does remind me of something odd I read today. I, I saw instructions on how to make your own version of the uh the 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 pain box from dune the thing oh, yeah. you, this thing you stick your hand in and it provides intense pain without actually damaging you is that different than the gum jabar the gum jabar is the poison needle yeah that, that if you flinch that's yeah. what she stabs you, you with it yeah but everybody thinks that the box is the gum jabar uh, right. because that would make a lot more sense for that to be <laughs> the like, thing that like, was it's important like enough to have a name yeah it's yeah i see but it's, the gum jabar might even be the substance that is the poison. I don't. I don't. Uh, know. I want to say it was the needle. I think. I think the poison was like meta cyanide or something weird <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, I've forgotten the name of the scientific principle or whatever. But apparently, if you if you take like like a not exactly a grid, but like half a grid, so like rows of like metal uh, rods, right, lined up, and you alternate them with hot every and cold. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Cold. Every other one, yeah, being cold and the other other ones being hot. Not even like burning hot, just like kind of yeah. warm and kind of cold. Yeah. And if you put your hand on it, it it fucks up your the way your nerves sense things, so it feels yeah, like your hand have, is on fucking fire. They have a thing like that set up at the Exploratorium. Ah, it's, nice. It I is would not, not say it is that not so it is. Bad. Yeah, it is not like what you imagine Paul Muadib Atreides was going through based on the look on his face. <laughs> if you did, if you couldn't see it though, 
I didn't find myself having to recite the Bene Gesserit litany against fear uh, in order to survive that ordeal. Oh, man, that dude at the climbing gym who had that tattooed on his what back. What a weird thing. Whoa. So What cool, a weird though. thing to have the entirety of tattooed in like a full back. I mean, at, if like, you have to pick something, that's that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, I mean, I... Who's that for? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I don't understand back tattoos in general. I, if I'm going to get a tattoo, I want it to be somewhere I can see it. Like the inside of your eyelids? <laughs> yeah. I think generally, you don't get a tattoo because you want to see it, right? Like, that's how I feel, I think. Uh, Is it upside down on your chest so that when you look down, it's right <laughs> side up? Well, yeah, or, or like a mirror image like the guy in Memento. You just write it on your belly, and all it says is, wake up. (laughs) So when you start to nod off, you see it. (laughs) And then you're like, you get kicked out of class for not wearing a shirt. It's like, I had to. The tattoo is the only thing keeping me awake. You could get get tattoo of eyeballs on top of your eyelids, Mm -hmm. so it looked like you were awake all the time. You could get a tattoo of something scary on the inside of your eyelids, so if you fell asleep, you'd go, ah, and wake up. These are all good ideas, guys. Yeah. You could get a tattoo of something scary on the back of the person in front of you, so that (laughs) you will always be scared. Well, as long as you're behind that person. (laughs) You could get a tattoo of something super racist on the back of someone you didn't like so that you'll have an excuse not to hang out with them anymore. <laughs> so video games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's going first? Riff, what did you play? Riff's um, going first. I did two, it. two things I played. I played a bunch of um, this game that I mentioned on Twitter, uh, One One Tap Quest. Did you guys play that at all? Yeah. No. I was surprised to hear you say that you played a bunch of it. I I played until I broke 20,000 points, and that was when I felt like I could quit. Hmm. I got 20,600 points. You just tap it once and let it run until you, you get 20,000 points? Yeah, you see a grid of monsters sort of wobbling back and forth with some little power-ups on it. You click, and it places a dude, and then the dude marches forward on his own. Running into monsters causes him to gain experience, which causes him to level up, mm-hmm. make it so future monsters are less likely to kill him. And if you get all the way to the end, you get sent into a boss fight where you just have to be high enough level to survive like nine hits against the guy. Okay. Yeah. And then you win. And then it derives a score based on how much XP you had gathered over the course of it. I beat it once and got 19,900 points. Nice. I- I don't feel like it's... Do you literally just... It's very difficult to get a score that high. I mean, difficult not... Because, I mean, what you're doing is clicking over and over until you get a good run, but difficult in the sense that a run that scores that high is not very likely because all the power-ups have to line up in the right way. Yeah. It's just a single click. It is, yeah. yeah. So it, and, and then, then, you just and then watch that game happen. is over and, and you play it again yeah, yeah, and you, yeah. there's, like, no carryover I mean, of... It's, it's like pachinko. It's, it is fun to do, but oh, I would not. It is, it's like a pachinko. It okay. is, but I would not. Well, nah, I don't know. Is it? Is it like I've heard it described as like pachinko, but it's, I don't. But in reverse, instead of instead of it being a series of nails that it's dropping between and bouncing off of, it's just going up 
through uh, the nails are moving side to side. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you don't really bounce off of them. Like you either. But it doesn't matter. It's still random. Like it's it's a yeah. randomizing. So there's there's multiple power. There's a power up that is a beer that makes you into three dudes. Oh, wow. um, you get like some guys on you get a guy on either side of you, which just means you hit more stuff, which means that you either level up more or are more likely to get killed by higher level stuff. Uh, there is one there is a sword and a shield, both of which I think just level you up. There is a spell that teleports you back to the bottom in a random spot, hmm. which is like basically always the thing you have to aim for. Yeah, because that you, can you control what you hit at no, all? No, no. You you set the guy loose, and the monsters I mean, on can, the low end are moving control, fast enough that you can't even really reliably hit even one guy on purpose. You can oh, control wow. where on the screen the guy uh, sure. starts but, from at the bottom of the screen. You can slide the guy randomly. back and forth. Yeah. But yeah, every everything once you let go, it it goes. And then there is another there is another spell that fires a sort of a missile in four diagonal directions and everything that it hits gets killed and gives you experience so the perfect game is a game where you launch yourself at the teleporter you survive until you hit that it it places you where one of those magic missile things is that goes off levels you up hugely and then you go through and beat the boss and then you have a high score but like and i had that unlikely confluence of events happen on my third game <laughs> um, and Riff kept playing it until he got that to happen. I, I don't know that I would have stuck it out. Why did you pick the threshold of twenty thousand points? Uh, nice round number. Had you been seeing people post high scores? I I got a score of like my my original high score when I posted it to Twitter was like seventeen thousand and something. Mm. So I figured like a see if I could beat twenty thousand seemed like a good thing to do. It was, uh, you know, that was interesting and worth mentioning, but it was really just like a, this is fun for one minute. Yeah. Hmm. The 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 thing I, that I played that was uh, more elaborate was an iPad game, um, uh, Battle Hearts Legacy. Mm. It is a, um, it, it's a pretty straightforward, simplified RPG. Uh, the sort of, you've got your character walking around the environment, it's tap to move, tap a monster to you know, to target it and then your character auto attacks whenever they're in range and you've got a, a row of buttons at the bottom that are your skills on cooldowns, your special attacks. And, um, you know, as you, there's dungeons that you go to and there's monsters and you fight them and you kill them and you get some loot. It's pretty good. It's pretty straightforward. And it's like, it's not free to play or anything. It's just three bucks or five bucks or whatever. And that's it. And it never asks you for money. It's like very, very different than the first Battleheart. Yeah, because it, it was more like level based. You had a you had a whole party of dudes, and it was just sort of like light RTS, right? Like hmm. it, mm-hmm. the controls were interesting. You know, it was it made very good use of touch controls yeah. to give you a sort of a, a broad tactical experience. But I, as I recall, I quit playing it because I realized that the next thing that I needed to do was just play this level ten times. Yes. To gain experience. That is exactly what happened to me in this one, because there is a huge difficulty spike around level eight or nine where you all the dungeons on the map that say they are level nine, like my level nine character, if I try to play a level nine dungeon, will get his shit wrecked 
or even like a level eight dungeon. And I don't know if that's just because I gimped my build or made the wrong choices in conversations that, that took away my ability to get some extra XP or something. Uh, but at this point, I'm going to, I, if I wanted to continue playing, whereas up to this point, it's been just, straight progression i did one thing and went to the next thing but at this point it looks like i would have to grind earlier dungeons for a long time to be able to progress any further but up until this bit it was fun and i might i might try making a different character just to see if i fucked up my build or something but hmm. try some different conversational options there are actually some kind of intriguing decisions like there's a there's a quest where a, a blacksmith says, you know, I can make some much better gear if I had some ore. And he tells you where there's a mine and you go to the mine and at the bottom of the mine where the chest full of ore is, is some, some like local syndicate goons. And you get the opportunity to, you get the choice of either fighting them for the ore or letting them keep the ore in exchange for future jobs from the syndicate. But, that was like a level three quest and I'm at level nine and the syndicate guys have not yet had any jobs for me. So oh, I, I may have been better off fighting them for the ore so I could have whatever armor that was. Well, what if they were just lying? Yeah. That, they're that, never going to get that's that might be a possibility. I wasn't supposed to bang my head on Deborah cliff. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, that was pretty much what I played. So I mean, you wouldn't recommend it then? No, I mean, if if you're the sort of guy that doesn't mind three or five bucks to try out a game, it's it's worth. I feel like I got my money's worth out of it. Hmm. I mean, I played it for a couple a couple three hours. I bought it and only played like a minute of it before the hmm. before the show. Hmm. What about you, Kevin? Uh, so I played about twenty minutes of. Earth Defense Force, whatever the sequel is, or one of the sequels, the one that, that was not made, that was made in the U.S. Um, as opposed to the, I think the the port of the Japanese game or something. Um, you are a soldier of some kind, and you shoot at giant insects, um, mostly ants to begin with. And it was okay. Like, I, what it, kind of game is it? It is a. I don't, it is not first person. So it's, I guess, third person shooting game. Uh, this was a local co-op. So it was split screen when I played it. Um, I played, I was playing it on an Xbox 360. Uh, there are like missions where you're like, these giant ants are swarming all over a city and you have to kill a certain number of them. And then you have to like blow up some sort of like nest or hive or something. And then there's like a giant robot that comes. Are they stuff. alien ants? Well, they are genetically engineered, regular insects, like genetically modified regular insects by an alien race that also builds these giant war robots. And they have like space later on, they have spaceships and motherships and stuff. And they have different, they have modified other insects like spiders and wasps and stuff like that. Um, I didn't know what I was doing, so it was it was kind of fun and funny to like for me to be like running around and like all my friends yelling, Go towards the like you know, go towards the other guy that's playing and I was like, I don't know 
what he is on the mini map and I don't know how to get there and stuff. And like, I, you know, I guess it was very amusing for them. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It was like, it seems like a thing that could be fun. You like, as you like level up and you acquire additional weapons that you can use in your primary and secondary weapon slots. If you keep playing the game and stuff like, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what to think about it. It was not a game that I would have ever played on my own, I don't think. And it was fun to run around, but I think I would have been bewildered if I hadn't had somebody else who knew what they were doing, playing and sort of dealing with all the objectives and stuff. Um, and then I sort of, I watched somebody play Watch Dogs for like two hours and was just got pretty excited about playing that game. Yeah, still? Yeah, that's good. I mean, that means you're probably going to like it. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it is Grand Theft Auto with some hacking <clears throat> mini games in it. You know, it's like Pipe Dreams or whatever, which is cool. What the hacking mini game where you're like unlocking stuff in the? Oh, I never got to that. Yeah, there's like stuff when you're like trying to defeat security systems and stuff. There's like a hacking little mini game. Huh. Why is why is Pipe Dream I don't know. always the hacking mini game? <laughs> I don't know. Why is it never like Because Tetris? you're like connecting wires to things. Yeah, that's probably why. And you're you're flipping gates around to control the flow of electricity. It would be interesting to do one that was actually logic gates. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. What was was uh There was a game that did that. Uh it was similar was the covert action covert Oh, Sid Meier. Yeah, Sid the Sid Meier. Yeah. And that was kind of similar to the one in Alpha Protocol, right? Like the... Oh, I don't remember that one. It was... It had the numbers at the bottom, and then you had to, like, follow... Like, figure out, like, which one of the numbers was actually connected to the target. And they were... It was just sort of, like, tracking a oh, labyrinthine right, right. series of lines with your uh, hmm. with your eyes. Yeah, but you had to do it fast. Like, the time was... That... I listened to the Watch Out for Fireballs about... Alpha Protocol, and mm-hmm. it made me want to play Alpha Protocol again. I never finished it. I always intended to go back, and I never did, and it makes me sad. I really, really liked that game. <laughs> I realized that, I apparently, because I got the ending where you leave in the boat with Heck, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's great. That's exactly what I wanted. Like <laughs> That is the person who I would the most want to hang out with of all of these people. For their- is that the weird conspiracy theorist guy? Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Um, I mean, he was just a monster, but he's right. just funny, right? Sure. Uh, but that's the one you get if you just fuck up everything. Oh, like, wow. Like, you leave with him. So, apparently, I just was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm the worst spy. That's hilarious. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I want to I wanna play it again. What I want to do, and this is stupid because I'm never going to do this, I don't think, is to play it as a recruit so that you unlock the playing Extra. it as a veteran. Oh. Right. And just try to do different stuff than I did right. before. Um, I think I was still in my zero kill playthrough. Hell, I don't know. Yeah, I would not have been able to handle that. My mom was there while, part of while I was playing that, and she commented on how violent it was because I got to a point where I was just like sniper rifling dudes. Yeah. 
Jesus Christ, in the new Wolfenstein, you can dual wield sniper rifles. Nice. What does that even look like? Two crosshairs? No, you can't zoom in because the because the button that zooms you in is the is the right click. And oh, when you're dual wielding, it just fires the one in your right hand. So it should, to, it should, you should sto- totally just be like holding you them like both binoculars. up kind of Yeah, you've got yeah. them akimbo like yeah. like gangsta <laughs> pistols and you're looking through the when you were playing Watch Dogs, did you did you have much player PvP action at all? No, zero. Interesting, because that was. I'm not sure how I would feel about it when I was playing, but like it was super interesting to watch. Just know that it happened in the way that it unfolds. It's kind of it's Dark Soulsy, right? Like it's kind of like you get invaded. You are being invaded. Well, so there's a bunch of different versions of it. There's a bunch of different kinds of mini games that you can have. There's races. There's. Um, like the weird one that interacts with the mobile app where they control the like security systems and police and cameras and stuff. And you are trying to like complete a course, like a sort of course of checkpoints and stuff. Um, more often, I think those are both opt in. Um, and then sometimes you just get invaded by another player. And I think they are, they are trying to hack you and you have it like five minutes maybe to find out where they are and kill them um and if you succeed then your points go up your fuck what your some sort of reputation mm-hmm. bar goes up and then you can use that there's all these different skill trees and all these different sort of experience points bars and stuff like that and you can use that to get additional skills yeah it was really it was intimidating I feel like you could present that in a way that would not have seemed confusing to me, but because the interface was all pretty and you had to like kind of wheel around to look at each individual tree. Right. It was like, ugh, God, just too, man, I wish that I hadn't, I wish that I hadn't had such a negative experience with that game. It's possible that it was just the PC port of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, there was that. Polygon opinion piece that was basically like, do not buy the PC version of Watch Dogs because it's complete horse shit. Mm-hmm. Like, the, most of the reviews I've seen of it have have ranged from either this game is kind of bullshit to this game had some potential, but then they watered it down with a whole lot of miscellaneous crap. Hmm. There's a there's a there's a bunch of like just totally orthogonal mini games, yeah, which are these weird like virtual reality drug things that you take and one of them is the spider tank game where you are this crazy spider robot destroying the shit out of a city Hmm. it's it was like it was super cool and like in those like you don't feel bad about just killing everything yeah it was stressful driving around was stressful because you get this thing that pops up whenever you run over somebody and it's like oh you're right you lost reputation because you injured a pedestrian i'm like ah god damn it unless unless you just decide to go full on yeah but i don't i don't want to because it's like the real world and i I, like i I know we we talked about it's It's, uh, yeah that's such an interesting thing because it's just like it's it has crossed over to the point where it's not they're not cartoony enough 
for you to not feel bad when yeah, you and, run and over them. I mean, I feel like an idiot because like it, it didn't bother me in Saints Row 4. In the fiction of Saints Row 4, you're in a fucking Matrix simulation. Right. And that isn't any different than Watch Dogs because they're both fucking video games. So I don't right. know why <laughs> I feel- In Grand Theft Auto, did you ever just drive up and down the beach running over people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And so did I because it was like kind of hilarious I to wonder see if all the that would dolls. work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right? Yeah. And like the fact that it's just because it's like a real because it's actually supposed to look like Chicago and the people like have characteristics like some of them are cancer survivors and some of them are school teachers and like some of them are you know porn stars or whatever like you start to feel bad about ruining people's individual lives but you don't feel it all I don't feel it all bad about just taking money from them that's weird right I mean I feel like if someone hacks your bank account and takes your money, yeah. the bank owes you that money. Well, I think it's insured by the government. Yeah, but they will give it back to you because of that, right? So, in a way, that is kind of a victimless crime, except that the bank is the victim. Well, the and then tax, the government the is the victim, payer. and then the taxpayers are the victim. So and the taxpayer... Everybody And that victim. guy pays taxes, so it really was... Just like, a wash. Yeah. For, yeah. Mm. Um, so you played Wolfenstein Stein? Stein oh, I Stone. did, but I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about Wildstar first. I okay, played, I spent like the entire weekend playing Wildstar. Um, wow, not I guess not the entire weekend. I, I did though, just like wake up. I I I bought it, and it was like ten thirty, and quick long, the quick start like the head start thing was at midnight and i was just like ah, i just went to bed and then i got up <laughs> i got up early and played it like just pretty much all day on saturday and then i played a bunch more of it on sunday it's uh it's an mmo it's it's uh, like i don't know that i i feel the same way about it that i have because like i had been playing various builds of it for a really long time and it, it like i feel the same as i always have which is that it's a good MMO. Mm-hmm. I don't know if being a good MMO is going to be enough to make it a thing that survives. Tell us a little bit about the world. Is it... So it is called Wildstar. Is it set in the Wild West? Is it... No, it's... it's <laughs> is it set tonal- on the surface of a star? It's tonally Wild Westy. Like, one of the character classes, the one that I'm playing, is just like a guy with two guns. Okay. Um, but so he's like also a he's also a magician. He's a spell slinger. Okay. So there's there's magic. I mean, okay. it's 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 all fucking over the place. Is it like, set in space? Yeah, you start out on a spaceship. I mean, it's okay. set on a planet. But like World of Warcraft is set in space, right? Because it's on a planet, and planets are in space. <laughs> That's where they are. Uh, it the the a, a lot of the world is just like straight up fantasy stuff except that there are occasional like oh here's a weird antenna sticking robots up and yeah and then there's robots everywhere and like it's it's weird it's i mean it's fine like i don't it doesn't bother me at all that it's like a mishmash of stuff but i was i was really confused by is it so it's like a space western with magic yeah yeah and uh, you know that's great i mean that's i'm just trying to figure out what the what the theme is you the opening cutscene is they the dominion which is like the sort of like galaxy spanning empire Mm -hmm. and the exiles who are the people who've been exiled from the dominion 
both simultaneously discovered the location of Nexus, which is the planet that this takes place on, which was like the ancient progenitor race's home world. Okay. That, that race is not around anymore. But then you get there and there's all these cities that have been built by the Dominion and the Exiles. And I don't know if the idea is that there was a long time that passed between that opening cutscene and when you were revived from stasis or if they built everything in like 10 minutes before you got there <laughs> it's all or inflatable. what it it's it's weird and i asked i asked in the chat oh, and Jesus. i was Why instructed that? that it's because you're a faggot that this city <laughs> is here and i asked in the guild chat and they were like oh and I, nobody really seemed to care i I, jo- you I joined. I travel a, there. Light years probably passed, right? Yeah, I don't know. Light years not being. I, a, maybe it explains it, and I, maybe it explains it, and I didn't read the. Uh, man, did you read the manual? Uh, there isn't one. I, it was a purely digital purchase. There was no digital manual. Oh, there might have been a digital manual. I guess I don't. How know. did you? How do you know what your control scheme is? Because I've played video games before. <laughs> I don't actually remember if it does the thing where it like explains WASD when you start, or if they were just like fuck it. Like it is so obvious that nobody is going to be playing this that hasn't already played WoW that we're just. Is there a console port? Uh, no. And just I PC. can't. I don't think that there could be one. Just, I think that the, just Windows. Yeah, just. it's just Windows. There's not even a Mac version of it. Okay. Right away, which seems like a huge misstep. Um, you know, given that this had a crazy high budget, the the things that I've seen people complain about, there is a really off-putting tone that pops up every once in a while. Is it like? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I mean, it'll only be off-putting until I get old enough that I can't hear it anymore. <laughs> the first when you hit level two, it pops up this like just heavy metal font thing, and a bunch of like firework things go off, and an announcer who you have never heard before says, "Oh shit, you just leveled up." Whoa! O- only shit is censored, so it's like. <laughs> It's like, hey, we're going to do something that is, like, simultaneously, like, really off-puttingly crass and also completely toothless. And also the a lot of the sound baffling just collapsed onto my head. So we're going to take, like, a five-second break while I fix that. Uh, Kevin, you should talk about something while I figure out what they're... I'm super confused as to... Caused the wall what, to fall on me. I'm super confused as to what the fuck they were doing with an announcer that you have never interacted with or heard before. Like, that just seems and, and suddenly super bizarre. saying something that... Like, I assume that you're mentioning this because this is totally out of line of the tone of the entire rest of the game. Well, I, I mean... The heavy metal font. That guy comes back every once in a while when you level up. It so I, I it, it was described as a thing that they put in as a joke, but then people liked it. But you don't I don't think that I don't know. I, I was gonna say you don't pay someone to come in and record a bunch of VO as a joke. Yeah. Right? Like that's right. like Well you do, I guess. I mean it might have been one of the guys in the office. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. This looks uh, like man. a pretty good place to drop some hobo mud. <laughs> yeah, sure. 
But that was but just, in our defense. But that, that was literally just typing that game. text, and also it didn't get into the final game. Yeah. Even though a lot of people thought it was really funny, right. and the story that I heard about this is that like, yeah, they put that in there because somebody was like, "Oh, your level up stuff isn't flashy enough." Oh yeah. Well, how about this? Why don't you put this in your <laughs> pipe and smoke it, old man? Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, that's pretty good, I guess. Ah, oh, fuck, we were kidding. I guess we need to record some real stupid. Vo where no they already had because they did they did it as a joke. Ugh, man, it like who is that guy? Why is there suddenly a narrator? <laughs> yeah, but only that's super weird. Once a, that I ugh. think bothers me more than anything is like this weird sort of breaking out of whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. I mean, I know how much it bothers you when things like break point of view like that. Yeah, I mean, but and in this case, I can understand why. But but yeah. It, and again, I want to stress that I don't care, <laughs> but it is it is tonally sort of all over the place. Like you when you're playing a Dominion, the only reason that I rolled a Dominion character is because they're I like wanted the alliance, to be right. Yeah, but they're just gross. The tutorial has you the very first action you take is torturing ah, some God. suspected dissidents. What the fuck yeah. is with every yeah. game? Just, just the first thing you do is yeah, torture somebody. And then you have to go like evict some people, and then you. Uh, that it, is yeah. like super heavy-handed. Kick some yeah, puppies and, and yeah, spit and, in a guy's coffee. And... <laughs> yep. Did you not have to do any of that stuff as a Sith? Um. I feel like you had to torture somebody, right? That was that was that was David's counter to my saying, "Wow, this is really off-putting." Like, do you think anybody is going to play this? But then you get to the planet, and it's just like nothing. You might as well not have that stuff. Might as well have not happened at all. It's like mm -hmm. you you get there, and they're like, "Oh, you should, um, you know, the church. We could really use like a new roof on the church." And then, <laughs> uh, like, do you light it on fire? No, you don't even really ever hurt anybody after that. All right, I'll donate to your church if I can spit in your coffee. <laughs> can I piss in whatever you might use to baptize someone? Yeah. <laughs> I think the church is you, though. The church is the dominion. So, I mean, maybe it's like, like yeah. I mean, I guess you have to go do a confusing thing that barely works to convert some dudes to that religion. So I guess that could be seen as an act of uh, aggression. Something that doesn't. What? confusing thing that barely works so you get a task in this one quest which is just to go to this little village that's right next door to the starting town and convert some of these guys to your religion and the interface that it gives you is press x to convert the same as either like the pet or the vehicle interface i'm not sure which one you have to drive these guys around until they convert you just get like an extra little action bar that pops up on top of your action bar that's like control f1 and control or control one and control two or whatever yeah and a lot of the time it just doesn't do anything when you hit the, are they conversation the options no they are i think i figured out what it is you can't do it. You can't convert a guy who has been recently converted. And there were so many people in the starting area okay. that it was like there was this invisible timer that had to pop before it would work on a guy. And it like it gave you two options. You could either convert them with a message of honor or with a message of compassion or strength or compassion. And it didn't seem to matter which one you did. I was like, oh, well, maybe the guards you convert with strength and the, you know, the farmers you convert with compassion or whatever. But like, no, it just was like Weird. two different ways of doing the same thing. It was just it was 
it was like really needlessly convoluted for a thing that basically amounted to go click 10 dudes and then come back here. Right. Um, there are a lot of like little challenge mode things that are made extremely difficult to do if there's anyone else in the area with you, which is a pretty off-putting thing to do in an MMO. Yeah. Right. It's like right out of the gate. I mean, as Tobolt is complaining about this, like right out of the gate, you are just mad at other players because they're getting in the way of a thing you're trying to accomplish. But you barely get anything for doing those challenges. So there's not really, hmm. you know, like you get like a sandwich, but your health regenerates so fast that you never really need to eat. It's sort of like, it's it's weird how many things that are left in WoW as these sort of relics, right? Like food in WoW is not a thing that you need anymore. There it's is a like potion. There is no doubt it but it's just a pain in the ass potion. It's like a potion that is a pain in the ass on a separate counter. Right. Right, because it's just a series of like buffs that you get from those, which is fine, but like it's weird that every vendor in every city sells food because oh, it's like food when that was the thing that you had to use in order to like change, you know, to reduce the downtime between fights. It doesn't make any sense to still exist everywhere in a system where there isn't really any downtime between fights. And Wildstar never had that downtime, but it still has those categories of items that give you the same thing. I mean, they, they give you like a, a mutex well-fed right. buff. I forget. It's not called well-fed, but it's basically that, right? And I don't know. The, the differential in power level that you have between just being the character that you are and going around and actually using all of the available sort of temporary boosts is crazy. And I find that pretty interesting because it means that there's a lot of stuff to find in the world that has tangible rewards. Like, there are, there are like, one of the paths, the one that I'm doing is the settler path, which is just, like, gathering building materials and stuff out in the world, and then at every sort of town and in various places, there are just these terminals where you can build stuff. Mm -hmm. And what they are is, like, build a thing that people can click on to get a 20-minute plus 10% experience boost hmm. or a run speed boost or whatever. And so there are just three of these in every town and maybe they wouldn't be there if there weren't so many people running through the lower levels right. and, and building all of that stuff and like really like getting a, a large scale investment in that system but like you can just run around and get like 20 buffs and then you're just crazy powerful for 15 minutes It's did you get to level 14? I did did you start playing Animal Crossing? I it like that's it is not really like Animal Crossing it so you get at player housing uh -huh. did, are you just saying this because you read the Penny Arcade I am Tell me about it <laughs> um and I actually made it to level sixteen I didn't stop at okay so getting a house is it it's a it's a pretty interesting set of things to do there because. You have these different plots. You get you get like a rectangle of land, and there's these different plots where you can build stuff. But one of the things that you can build is like a field where a bunch of mineral nodes will spawn for you to mine. Mm -hmm. And so you can just like set up a thing, and then you can log on once a day and just do a bunch of mining, and then log off, and then you can sell the mining mining materials to make some money. You know, like it's 
it, it actually has an impact on gameplay. Right. Something. Also, the I guess this also happens if you log off in one of the like major cities, but logging off in your house, you accumulate rest experience and you accumulate more of it the more like house decorations you have. Like the decorations add a buff to hmm. the rate at which you are in rest experience when you're right. logged out there, which that is enough of a reason that I'm actually interested in playing with that. Like I normally if it was just like, hey, pick where in your house you want to put this couch I would be like no because no one's ever going to see this but me and I don't care so but right. but the fact that it's like hey this couch if you put it in your house it'll give you a 5% increased you know rate of uh, rest experience gain I think oh okay I should figure out where I want to put this couch and then I actually <laughs> like decorate my shit and then I'm like you know I should spend a little bit of money getting some weird shit to put next to my couch or whatever and like you you randomly get some stuff like some stuff just drops in the world you know and you'll like, you'll occasionally yeah yeah art. so I, I just got like a <laughs> I killed I, this um, bear and it dropped an end table <laughs> yeah I forget what it was that I did I did something for somebody and then my reward was they gave me a cauldron of witch's brew that I could put <laughs> out at my house and at some point I guess I got a tree so I was able to put a cool tree in a place inside your house? Nah, yeah, it's smaller if you put it inside your house. I think you can do it like it's a tree in a pot. Okay, um, but if you put it outside, it's forty feet tall. How, how is how are the player houses located? Is there like one player house and everybody's inside is instanced or no? You, it's like a floating island that you teleport to. Okay, and you can see other ones, and I don't know if those are real people or just. Uh, made up copies of it but when it's you can control access to your house and your options are like nobody everybody people on your friends list or neighbors so Hmm. like it's possible that those other plots that you can see are actually other players Um, but yeah I don't know it's it, it's frustrating to, to like actually try and look off the edge because there's like this force field that stops you from running off the side of it and it it really obscures your ability to see outside of it hmm. if you get close enough to it that you can actually see over the edge of your territory but I don't you can buy different skies and hmm. stuff like you it, there's a lot of customization and there's like there's just like hundreds of like basically every model that they made for scenery and stuff in the game, which there's a lot of it because the game is like cripplingly visually noisy. Hmm. Um, I kind of want to. I kind of want to play. At level fifteen, you gain access to the first like adventure, which is just like a little sort of. It's like a scenario in WoW. It's like a little which you never that came after you. Um, just a little five man instance thing that's not really structured like a dungeon it's just like here's some stuff like you know so there's this five man not not single or two player no huh no there are a lot of like two and occasional five person quests just out in the world which is interesting they don't tend to put them as like the end of a quest chain the way that they always did in in wow which meant that like a lot of people just could never do them uh but there will just be like a board like a bounty board with 
group quest. And it was real easy. It was fun to just, like, constantly be able to find pickup groups to do stuff. Like, there was a pickup group to, like, kill a world boss. And so it was great. And I got some, like, really cool low-level gear from killing the world boss that was just, like, yeah, it was neat. I just, like, me and 20 other people just went up and killed this weird plant dragon thing. Um, But the first adventure thing... I've done it like five times now, and at no point in any of those five times have I had the slightest fucking idea what was going on. Like, it's never really clear about your objectives. There is also a bug that makes it so enemy nameplates don't show up, so it is impossible to tell in a group of people which things are living enemies and which things aren't, because in WoW... When there's a lot of shit going on, like a lot of people's spell effects and stuff, and it's made so much worse in Wildstar by the fact that every time somebody casts a spell, there is a telegraph on the ground that's the area of effect that the spell is even, gonna hit. Even teammates? Yeah. Huh. So you see, I think you might only see the area of effect for heals. Okay. Right? But you're fighting like 10 monsters, all of which have individual telegraphs on the ground. You have all of yours and you have all of your teammates healing abilities telegraphs and so it is just a cacophony of visual input and on top of that to not have any sort of ui designation of which things are enemies is crazy and you know luckily like i'm a sort of a ranged aoe dps character so it kind of doesn't matter like i just Mm kind of point towards the mess and spam abilities and i man do damage to stuff i guess but it is so hard for me to imagine doing anything with any degree of precision in that mess. And people are saying that the dungeons are, like, hard. They're like, we really took to heart all of the people who said they were quitting WoW because dungeons are, like, baby mode now. And we're going to make these dungeons hard as fuck. And you're really going to have to know what you're doing huh. in order to play them. And I'm... I don't know. You know, I haven't seen any of them yet, so I can't say anything from first-hand experience. David said that they were simpler. They were more like, just go in here and kill this boss. Interesting. And you know where the boss is, and, uh, and you know when you're you in a boss fight. Wow, what the fuck? I guess I accidentally turned Siri on somehow, just now. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I don't... I don't feel... The way about Wildstar that I did about Elder Scrolls Online, which is that I was like, I don't think I'm even going to get my free month. Uh, hmm. Like, I was not willing to set up a recurring credit card to get my free month for Elder Scrolls Online. So I was like, I'm just not going to... The idea of forgetting about this and paying for it for six months is so abhorrent to me Wow, that I don't want to do it. And with Wildstar, I'm like, you know what? I will maybe accidentally give you guys like 70 bucks. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's how not horrible this game is. I, I really hope that it doesn't crash and burn. I really hope that I really hope that it gets a critical mass. Some momentum, yeah. I mean, I worry though that it's just got the same problem that every post WoW MMO has where they are trying to be WoW without being able to be what WoW was. And you know, like at the end of my first day of play, I got my first mount. Whereas, I had been playing WoW for probably a year when I got a mount. 
And I know that it wouldn't have taken that long if, if that had been, like, my goal, but, like, I just played a shitload of, I just rolled a shitload of alts in right. WoW. Like, as soon as it got, like, hard or boring in a particular class, I would just make another guy, and it wasn't until you and I had characters that we were sort of leveling collaboratively that I actually played up to the level cap, and so it was a really big deal. You know, it was like this huge milestone, and it gave me a sort of a sense of connection to that character that I find so hard to imagine getting again, hmm. you know? And and it's like, I feel bad for anything that's trying to be an MMO now because they can't make the leveling slower than it is in WoW now, or people will say, what the fuck? Like, why aren't you doing the thing that the successful thing does? And it's like, well, because we don't have... Because that's not how it started. Yeah. yeah, and we don't have 10 years worth of content thrown at this, you know? Like... So I don't know. I'm somebody in the guild chat. I was like, "Can I ask you guys a question?" And this was this was probably combative. I it I don't I meant it just the words that I said. And I'm like, "Why are you guys in such a hurry to hit the level cap? Like it there can't possibly be that much end game content now." And they said, oh, there totally is. 1 to 50 is like 10% of the game. I was like... How do you know? I just straight up don't believe you. Like, are there nine other planets the size of this planet with the number of quests that don't unlock until you hit the level cap? Because that doesn't sound like anything that anyone would do. Like, It depends on what what people mean by in-game content, though, because I feel like a lot of people at this point are trained to think of the end game raids as content right like yeah and that i've never understood why that is like the goal that people have because that is where it gets boring as far as i'm concerned huh you know that is where you're boring but it's it's a distinctly different style of play which i don't think appeals to everybody but it's it it gets to where you're seeing less new stuff all the time and you're getting it's. I mean, it's you're getting you incremental get the... power increases at a much lower rate. Yeah, but it's at after a certain point, that's the only place to get those any power increases. And the power increases are like at the leading edge of of what the player base has, right? So you could theoretically be one of the most powerful characters in the game, which maybe is appealing. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I get that the way that a lot of people approach these things is just to try to burn through it as fast as they can. And there are already people at the level cap, which is fucking crazy. Hmm. Like, it's crazy that it's possible to do that in the game, right? Yeah. I mean, they get they gotta really be poop-socking to do it, and it's probably, like, multiple people leveling one account or whatever. But, like, I don't know, man. It, it seems like anything... You're, you're sort of damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, right? Because if it takes a long time to walk somewhere, that's what people are going to complain about. But if it doesn't, people are going to burn through your content so fast that they complain about, you know, they're not, they're not going to re-up at the end of the free month because they're going to, even a casual person. I mean, even, like... I probably, if you actually look at the numbers, was not a casual player of the Old Republic, right? I probably put in more hours per day 
than a lot of people who played that game, but I'm pretty sure I hit the level cap in the first month. I'm pretty sure that I played my character from level one to the level cap in less than one month, and then I just quit, and I never really went back, you know, except for that one weekend a month ago where I got yelled at, but, like, I... It just seems like... What was... I mean, it used to take several months of sort of dedicated casual play to get to the level cap in WoW. Is that the... Is that your thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think I barely got to the level cap before the first expansion came out. Right? I think there were... There was like a single digit number of months between when I hit the level cap in Vanilla WoW and when Burning Crusade came out Mm. and you... Man, I totally don't even remember... You, but you, I remember you like got Burning Crusade. You hacksawed a copy of Burning Crusade, even yeah. though they were sold out, uh, and you just played it nonstop. You, you, you like got through all of that content. You got from the level cap to the new level cap in like a day. No, it took like a week. Nah, I don't think it took a week. Anyway, I and I, I just looked at that and I was like. Why are you doing this? Why are you just ruining this for yourself instead of having it be a thing that you can enjoy for like three months? You know, like I just I don't. I don't get why, especially now when almost every MMO that comes out, you cannot count on it having a robust, well-developed end game. You also can't count on it being around six months later. Because they didn't fucking have time. And, I mean... No, what I'm saying is, like, you might as well see everything that you can see before the game goes under, right? Yeah, I guess, but the... I mean, that's... It's also possible that they are trying to see everything that they can while they play their free month because they know they're not going to subscribe, right? Like, so they're just getting as much out of it as they can, and then they'll put it down, and then they'll play another MMO six months from now and burn through everything it has offered. And I bet if you the ask them, month. they wouldn't say that. I don't know. I mean, I, people are not trying to pick games as lifestyles anymore, right? Like, they're just trying to get for a quick experience and then be done. Mm. I mean, it seems like you'd buy a better game than an MMO if you didn't care about the things that made it an MMO. Interesting. I don't know. Because you want... Maybe you crave the social interactions. Mm. I mean, I would rather play a worse game that had an economy... Than a, than a better game that didn't, I, I think, hmm. in, a, in a, you know, evaluating those two things in a vacuum. This has a weird hybrid of various economic, economic models from, from, from recent things. It's like, it's got an auction house. It's sort of like Diablo 3, actually, the way that it works. It has an auction house where you can just list individual items, but a lot of items, like a lot of items, are just in a separate commodity market tab where you can set up buy orders. So stuff like crafting materials, you can just immediately sell on the on the player economy, mm-hmm. which is fucking great. For now, you can, though, right? Uh, I mean, it's possible that the buy orders won't exist down the road. I think it's more likely that prices will tank to the point where they're not worth anything anymore because that's sort of what happened in guild wars 2 um where all of the 
all of the crafting material commodities just are are basically worth nothing. My, I, I don't know to what extent that's because they're just real, real generous with them. Hmm. Like every, in Guild Wars 2, every crafting node spawns for everyone. So there's no, hmm. there's no scarcity on it other than hmm. time spent digging for it. I guess that's kind of true given that you can make the nodes appear on your house thing. Although I didn't realize this, but you, you buy that and it only lasts like a few days. Oh, wow. Um, which is interesting. I, I don't, Do you I don't, get your money's worth out of it. Um, I already have. Yeah. I mean, I, I sold, I sold, you know, 10 minutes worth of yield for what the plot cost at this point, because I mean, I think there's a lot of people who are trying to level up crafting, right? By just buying it. The, the, the crafting is, is interesting. It's a little bit more involved than some other games, but it's, I decided to make like a weaponsmith because I was like, I'll just mine and make weapons or whatever. And the first thing that you can make is better than anything that has dropped in the world at the level at which you can make it. But I don't, I haven't gone back. I, I realized that I think crafting of durable goods is sort of fundamentally dissatisfying to me relative to making potions hmm. because over the lifetime of a character, you're only going to have so many swords because you can only have one at a time and you're going to upgrade when there's a better one, but you're not always looking at the next thing that you can craft to mm -hmm. see if there are moments where that's an incremental improvement over it. And whereas with potions, you just make a lot of potions and then you can just take a lot of potions all the time. <laughs> um, Anyway, it's a pretty good MMO if you like MMOs. And I do, and I, I, I wonder, I wonder if I will stick with it. I, you know, I think I probably will. That house thing, like, this morning before I went to work, I logged on and got those minerals. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I don't know how long it takes for it to respawn. It's always full when I go back in. And that's been, you know, I mean, it would kind of suck if it was like, well, every 10 minutes, like you just log in every 10 minutes and do it. And I think it can't probably be that, but yeah, um, crazy. Yeah. You know, but I'll, if nothing else, when I get home tonight, I will, I'm going to play some more Wolfenstein is what I'm going to do, but I will probably also pop in a wild star first, mine those things, maybe sell some of it. And then, you know, so maybe that will keep me engaged a little <laughs> longer. I mean, that's, I think right. that's probably what it's for, but you know, I mean, I also just like yesterday I went and played and gained another level, did some quests, you know. Well, you're accumulating rest XP, right? Yeah, I am accumulating rest XP. I don't, you know, maybe I'll just treat this the way that I treated WoW, where I will never play outside of rest XP. Like, if I realize that I'm out of that rate, I'm going to do what that system was designed to get me to do, which is to quit and not keep playing for 12 hours at a stretch make my butt hurt from sitting in a chair i also played a lot of the new wolfenstein and it's it's real good yeah tell me about it it's a first person shooter that's <laughs> like designed from the ground up as a single player experience mm -hmm. so nice it is not compromised in any of the ways that you know we were talking about it in the office today like it is good it is not as good as half-life it is not like a revelation the way that Half-Life was, but it is good for the same reasons that Half-Life was good. Like it goes out of its way to give you something new to see or to do at a really good pace. Um, 
I mean, it's weird. It's like, it's like essentially space Nazis. Um, it's a, it's a weird alternate history. Like this is, this is like first mission spoilers, but like you are, you're in a, in a group that's like assaulting a Nazi stronghold in 1946 Mm -hmm. and 46. Yeah. And your mission sort of goes south and you get a, brain injury which results in you being sort of institutionalized for 14 years okay and you wake up in 1960 with the nazis having won the war and taken over the entire world and also like uh, you like you learn some stuff later that's crazy but like technology has gone (coughs) nuts like they have they have just you know nuclear power is everywhere and they have laser guns and they have these giant robots and like big mechanical dogs that attack you. And like they have developed some sort of like super fast setting concrete that has allowed them to just build gigantic sprawling cities in a very short span of time (laughs) and stuff. And it's like, you know, it's just, it's nuts. Like, it's it's 1960 well, you're nuts right? there's there is like an alternate universe version of the beatles that you i mean it's just the beatles it's just those guys but while they were still fucking around in germany getting their gladwell 10,000 they were also just like became a german band once <laughs> the whole world became german um, do they have little hitler mustaches uh you never see them you only see them in like silhouette like a like a Aww. silhouetted parody of the abbey road cover um but it, there's just so many neat things about it. like there are all of these collectibles that are just unabashedly and unapologetically video gamey hmm. you know it, like oh, you got this there's there's perks that you unlock by like doing stuff that supports them like once you take down five guys from stealth with a knife you get a perk that lets you throw knives to do takedowns at a distance and then once you do five of those you get to hold more knives you know, and then once you, you know, once you've killed so many commanders from stealth, you get a thing that shows where the commanders are on the map. There are, there are all of these like rank and file soldiers and then there are commander guys that are, if they see you, they will call in reinforcements. And then there's just like a lot more dudes for you to kill. <laughs> the game, the game succeeds at mixing stealth and non-stealth gameplay because it's not like, you either can be stealthy and not kill anyone, or you can be violent and kill everyone. You gotta kill every, like, this game is very much kill every Nazi in this room so that you can go to the next room. I mean, they're not rooms, they're super cool environments that are, that are interactive and interesting. But it's a matter of like, do I stealth around and kill fewer Nazis, or do I rush in, have it spawn a bunch more Nazis, and then kill them all while they're aware of me? Um, it, you are just like BJ Blazkowicz. You are like the you are the character from Wolfenstein 3D, and you look like that guy. You you just look like this total meathead guy, but you are like you're like a badass without being super broy. Like it's a, he's actually kind of funny. <laughs> like there is a point where you do a stealth kill. I I laughed out loud at not the kill animation, but the 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 vo afterwards. 
you can like you just like find a guy who's asleep in a bed and you get the mouse prompt to kill him and you do it and you like stab him from underneath the mattress like you stab up through the mattress and kill the guy and then you just say wake up you're dead (laughs) (laughs) it's like that's pretty good like they just put that guy there so there could be a custom murder animation and then a joke (laughs) about it i don't know that's it's just, it's like, it got really good characterization. Like, there's there's just people in it that you sort of, like, they establish personalities and they make you like these people and it's cool. There's, there's a moment in, in, like, the second mission where you're, you get rescued by the, from the sort of uh, institution where you're held up by this Polish family. And at a certain point, somebody apparently captured, like, a Nazi officer and they've got him tied to a chair in the basement and the only interactable object in the room is a chainsaw. So I'm like, ah, okay. I don't think I want to do what the game is going to try to make me do here. So I was just like looking around the room to see if there was like any non-murder options for how to handle this situation. And I didn't find any, but on one of the workbenches, there are just two of what appear to be magazines about raccoons. <laughs> um, it's just, I don't know. Like, I kind of wish that I spoke... Polish so that I could know what the name of this cool raccoon magazine is. Wash but, Bear Monthly. Yeah, it is. They're, they're just, it's it's two different issues of the same magazine and they just have different pictures of raccoons on the <laughs> cover. It's like, oh, you know, we're into torture and raccoons. Um, It doesn't end up being that gross. You don't actually torture him. Spo- spoilers there, but... um. I don't know. I there's you know there's these, these collectibles and some of them are character upgrades, but mostly they're just like you know they're collectibles that remove the you haven't collected this collectible yet <laughs> indicator from the map, and it's yeah I don't know it's just it's just good like out of out of nowhere it's just like I really want to keep playing this game. Cool, fun game, fun video game. Wolfenstein: The New Order. Uh, did you guys see any news that you thought was interesting? Uh, Wait. Uh, they announced the DLC for uh, 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 Dark Souls 2. Ooh, what's that going to be? It is... More Dark Souls 2. <laughs> it's in like three sections, apparently. They're, they're rolling... Like the first one's in July and the third one's in September. But each one is apparently searching for like the lost crown of one of the country's previous kings in in different environments they showed one that's sort of like an atlantis looking step pyramids kind of place and uh i think the uh, the third one is in like a mountainous snowy kind of environment there hasn't been a lot of detail but there's a video out that you can look at I mean, it's just more Dark Souls, though, right? Did, yeah, pretty much. What What did the DLC for Dark Souls 1 do? I mean, it didn't, like... Because there's not, like, a level cap, right? And it's not no. like, oh, this is a better sword than these other swords, because that's not how that works. They couldn't possibly have any items that were better than that fucking stick. <laughs> it was, that would ruin the, the game. The Dark Souls 1 DLC was, like... Uh, it was some kind of time travel thing. You went back to an earlier, earlier time of one of the main environments when there was an actual city and stuff going on there and it it had stuff to do with the uh uh with Artorius who was like the big uh not 
main character, but he was a, a major character in the lore that you kept seeing references to, and then in the DLC you actually ran into him and had to kill Wait, him. Wait, was it, was it the undead Berg, but you went back in time to when it was just the dead Berg, and you had to figure <laughs> out how to go back even further in time till it was Pittsburgh? Till, till it was, yeah, it's just Pittsburgh. That would be good. Man, I, I Fallout wish- 3 should have established a a, a trope where every DLC always had to be Pittsburgh. <laughs> like, Dishonored Pittsburgh. That would be nice. The, I, I was kind of disappointed with the, the Pittsburgh DLC for Fallout 3. It wasn't as, I don't know, it wasn't as... Uh, I always forget about it. It, yeah. was, it was very forgettable. Yeah, it was. It wasn't as, like, it wasn't as coherent a place as the DC stuff was. Like there were a couple of landmarks that were recognizable as Pittsburgh landmarks, but they weren't in relation to each other in any geographical way. And, you know, like I couldn't, I couldn't have gone down the street and, and figured out what neighborhood I was in. Yeah. I worry that the reason I worry that nothing is ever actually going to work on that level as well as Fallout 3 did because there isn't any other place that has as many recognizable landmarks Hmm. as – I mean, you could maybe do one in New York, but I feel like that would be rough because a lot of what Fallout needs is wide open spaces. Yeah. You know, or at least areas that used to be suburbs that – it would make sense for everything in it to have burned. Um, and I don't know. I mean, New York, I guess you could have the Queens wastes or whatever, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know what to expect out of fallout four with, with it being set in Boston. I mean, it'll probably make a lot of sense to you, Kevin, because there will be a lot of MIT landmarks because mm-hmm. that's, Directly uh, where it takes place. Yeah, it's yeah. a big and that and that, like their version of MIT is a big deal in the sort of backstory. That's rad. Um, yeah, no, I think it will be very rad for you and for the guys who. <laughs> there went will to be MIT some kind who, of who dimensional warp that makes the infinite corridor actually infinite. <laughs> um, you know, I guess some of that. I've spent a little bit of time on MIT's campus, so maybe there'll be some things that I recognize. It'll all be baffling through these spaces, yeah. so. But there'll be a good minimap, sort of. Hmm. Um, yeah, the pit, I don't remember. Like, it was, it sort of split the difference between Operation Anchorage and Point Lookout, right? The, the DLCs that are the best are the ones where it's like, here's some more Fallout. Like, mm-hmm. here's an area with places that you can explore in whatever order you want and a bunch of quests, as opposed to, like, Dead Money, which was like, here's an objective that you have... Is that the weird vault one? No, Dead Money's the one from New Vegas where you're going through a an old casino. Um, you have to like carry as like much a as you can. Heist. Yeah, you end up. Yeah, you end up in the end with like super valuable shit, but it's real heavy, and you can only take out what you can carry. So it's right. like just this. Yeah, that was it. Was awesome. That was that was pretty good. That aspect of it was good. Um, I should probably replay four. I never even played any of the DLC. Of New Vegas, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I played some of the DLC. Some of it was okay. Um, some of it I just never did. I, and I and I played through it again. I started playing New Vegas again, 
recently so that I could play the DLC that I missed, but I just didn't want to deal with leveling up enough to do it, <laughs> and I don't know where any of my old saves are. But yeah, so that's what's news, I guess. You got anything, Kevin? I didn't Not get anything really. either. They oh, you know a bunch what? Of new planets. They found a bunch of new planets. Yeah, there's like in some sort of mega, mega Earth. Oh, in space. In space. Man, nega, nega Earth. <laughs> it's Earth that's always being mean to you, so you'll have sex with it. Um, I did find there is a. I found a website for this thing called Classcraft, which is like a gamified classroom thing, and. Uh, it says, uh, I'll, I'll read the, the, the selling text on this. Playing Classcraft dramatically increases student motivation by using real risks and rewards. Teaches meaningful collaboration by placing teachers or students and teams and making their success interdependent. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss this educational software on the basis of there being a horrible misspelling in the second sentence of their promotional materials. <laughs> hmm. Um, so that seems like Chore Wars. Who made Chore Wars? Chore Wars was made by somebody who had made something else, and it was really surprising. Uh, I think it might have been... Was it Kevin Davis? The guy who did that, uh, that zombie sim and was involved in the... Oh, yeah, it was the Urban Dead guy. Yeah, Urban Dead, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, in the in in other news, uh, the guy who made Urban Dead made a thing called Chore Wars like five or six years ago. So this assignment, Jaws for the NES. What do you guys think? It was all right. It was. Uh, it doesn't consist of much. I will admit that yeah. it does not consist of much. It is way better than an Atari game, but it is not as good as a Nintendo game. It seemed very tedious to me it was was baffling at first like I killed a bunch of stuff and I was collecting shells and stars and like I'd I'd encounter Jaws and I'd like get him down to half health and then the level would end for whatever reason and then I would start shooting starfish from a plane and then I like got a tracking system which was dumb because I never it would like would ping faster when I was near Jaws but also, he would just surface so that I could just see him. <laughs> and then I, like, leveled up my harpoon and I shot Jaws till he was almost dead. And then I got some more shells and I leveled up to three and then I killed Jaws. Like, I, it's, yeah, I don't know. It just took a long time. I had but to, it was fun. I had to go and look up, like, the manual to figure out what the hell I was supposed to do in that final uh, uh, oh, yeah, first-person view. Baffling. Mode. Yeah. 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 It looked pretty good yeah, for a for uh, I expected something a lot more I don't know blocky and dumb looking. It looked okay. Yeah, I, I just like I I kept getting frustrated that I would like hit these invisible encounters all the time. Hmm. But that's the game. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but I just want to get, get from the shells port to, port. to get your upgrades. Well, but they're not they're not it's not that expensive and it gets expensive later. I mean, you don't have to level that much to beat it is the thing right it's so yeah i mean there's not you know it's weird like i think about this and i think yeah this isn't much of a nintendo game like compare this to the legend of zelda and it's very lacking but then i think well i mean uh, compare like a joke on your joke a day calendar to moby dick and it doesn't look like much (laughs) right 
But it doesn't matter because they're not trying to be the same thing. And the fact that both of them are words on paper doesn't mean that they have like a standard of quality or complexity that they're obligated to live up to. You know, that said, because, I mean, you know, they sold like just fucking Pac-Man for the NES and nobody was like, wow, this game is like bullshit and simple. There's only one screen. This is not nearly as good as, you know. Popeye for the NES. Right. I think that Jaws is a pretty well done game. I, it's you. You do have to understand what's going on in it, mm-hmm. but right. once you do, it's like there's nothing bad about it. Right. The it's random just, encounters were driving me nuts. Like I really, I, yeah. I just wanted to be able to move around the map and like felt like I was constantly like hitting but a random encounter. There's nothing else to do on the map. Well, that you're trying to get from port to port to level up, right? Like, I would have plenty... I would have 40 shells mm-hmm. and, like, yeah. be super worried about getting killed because you lose almost all of them. Well, you lose half of them. Well, a lot. Uh, I didn't worry about getting killed because I was, I was playing with har- hardcore states. with the save mm-hmm. states, yeah. I didn't use any save states at all. I just played it and beat it on my first try, and then I was like, yep, still got it. <laughs> I was kind of impressed by the fact that if you... If you get a random encounter near Jaws, not actually encountering him, but then he'll show up. Yeah, eventually. that after a little bit he'll like show yeah. up. That was that was pretty cool. Yep. The the little mini sharks that always dropped a shell compared to other stuff, which sometimes dropped a shell and sometimes dropped a live crab. Yeah, that was. <laughs> That made you swim faster. My theory is it's because you put it in your scuba pants. Oh, does it okay. make you swim faster? I didn't, I didn't yeah. notice that. the swim speed increase. Yeah. Um, did you guys ever get the mini sub? No. I did not. I saw it in I when I when I was done playing, I watched that oh, five yeah. minute playthrough and it um did you read the article associated yeah, with it? Yeah. It, it's I, crazy. Yeah. It was like that guy sort of figured out some of the systems in that game in the same way that the people who figured out the way that item drops work in right. Zelda figured it out. But it's like, I mean, it does seem like he characterized that game as a thing where it's like getting the fastest possible game is going to be so random combined yep. with like perfect play combined with perfect luck. Yep. And that that, you know, that makes it kind of off putting as a speed run target, I think. But, like, I appreciated that somebody else had thought a lot about this game. <laughs> yeah, watching him play as the the plane was insane. Yeah, just 100%ing that. Whoa, did you, that doesn't did seem you, possible to me. Well, did you know that you can control the speed of the I plane? I did. I did notice that. It still that. did not help. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... It, it, I remember playing it a lot on, on the Nintendo as a kid. Like, because, I mean, I just got good at this game when it was, like, a game that I would borrow from my friend every once in a while. And it's like, this is a game that I can just put in and beat. And it mm-hmm. was fun. You know, it was like a thing that I did, and it required me to master some skills. And I got good did, enough at it that I could Did you get the sub, or did you just level up your harpoon? I would often get the sub, yeah. It's, it's weird that that spawns based on score, which gives you an incentive to actually score points right i you know there are a lot of ways in which you could have made it better right like you could have made it so you were upgrading different parts of things based on uh, like a store where you spent shells and there were a bunch of different things other than just like i don't even actually know what uh, the power level does it makes your harpoons hit harder yeah oh yeah yeah maybe not 
to the random sea creatures. But to but Jaws, but, yeah, to Jaws. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, so much like the rays take two hits. And I think and the they continue to even the jellyfish power. take one hit. Yeah, so I mean, it's hard to. But the but Jaws, like I I got him down to a little under half health with the level one, like thing. Yeah, and I think at level three he was pretty readily beatable. Yeah, I think I I think I beat it at level three. I don't remember what level the um speedrunner guy was at. Three was it three? He just made there and back and there and back. Yeah. Where where is this video? Is it just a YouTube thing? I yeah. posted it on the Jaws and Jaws Ness. thread in the forum. Oh, okay. It's like cool. the first thing that comes up in yeah YouTube. Um, but you don't want to watch it in YouTube. You want to go to the guys the Speedrun Archive. Okay. Web page because that's a, where all there, the there's a link is. to his description in the uh, YouTube. The same video. video is also on that page, so I guess you can do it in either order. Yep. Anyway, I just wanted to share this with you guys because it was a thing from my childhood that I liked, and I think it holds up. Like I, it is an admittedly simple game, and I feel like it was fine. Yeah, it there was there was you're right that there was really except for I, I just wish that there was some way to have. Yeah, some I mean that's the thing. The there are encounters. several things that could have made it a better game, right? Like if the encounters were things that you went after opportunistically as opposed to having had randomly inflicted on you, then it would have seemed like you had more agency. Even if it had been like certain areas of the map have a higher frequency of encounters or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because like if you're running away from Jaws, you are going to be going through territory that you don't necessarily want to go through. So that could have been enough of a motivator to hit schools of fish or whatever, you know? Did you guys play uh, the Atari Sequest? No, I played it briefly. I did not it's, play it. It's as like a child. this. This is one screen where you're a little submarine and you're rescuing divers, and you can just shoot left and right and move in four directions. And there's like sharks and fish. Stuff yeah, and just a bunch of fish come in from the sides. And it's just a fucking good game. It's just a. It's like a solidly made fun video game on one screen, and it's weird because I never even heard of it when I was a kid like I didn't play it until you know I was in my 20s and Roy and I moved to Phoenix and like there were all these thrift stores filled with Ataris right and so we just like started buying every Atari game that we saw um I managed to get a copy of it for the I think I had to buy it specifically uh for the Atari lounge for Zapcon um next year's Atari lounge is going to be better because I spent like a hundred dollars on specific individual Atari games for it that were underrepresented. Like I got a bunch more copies of Pitfall and some River Raids and some other stuff that was important to me. Um, and some weird stuff that I'd heard was good, but never uh, never played. Like what? Um, I don't remember the names of some of the ones. I just started looking at like lists of the best 100 Atari games oh, or whatever. And most of them, it's like, yeah, I knew that River Raid was fucking good. Like, I knew that Pitfall was good, but there were some things that I was just like, yeah, I haven't checked that out, so. Demon Attack. Yeah, I don't know, man. So, I mean, Demon the best thing, it's just, those, it's just one of those games that you that I played as a kid. Yeah, yeah. No, it's your Jaws for the NES. Kinda. It <laughs> like, goes on forever, but yeah. Yeah. Um, this just goes on until you beat Jaws. Yeah, having, having a win state is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just like a nice little compartmentalized experience, you know, and it's... It's not like bullshitty, unfair, hard, and true. It's, it was it felt fair the whole time. Like yeah. the 
those shallow areas with the really fast jellyfish were kind of yeah, annoying. Yeah, the random spawning of the... But, I mean, in a way, it's it kind of like a nice risk-reward thing. Yeah. keeps you away from the bottom. Although, that guy playing the speedrun was just hugging the bottom the entire time, yeah. right? Because he had figured out the way to, like, maximize the spawn rate. Yeah. I like, Yeah, I spent a lot of time hugging the bottom, but eventually, caught- eventually the jellyfish were too fast and I couldn't react anymore. Yeah. He only had two or three random encounters yeah because he figured out how to avoid them by just not moving for a couple of seconds yeah at it's specific weird. moments yeah but apparently there was still a little bit of uncertainty in yeah that, and so he was like, you had he to get lucky to not get the third one yeah um yeah yeah anyway Thanks for playing this game with me, guys. What's uh, what's our next assignment going to be? I want to play a game for our next assignment that I was going to play anyway that Riff is going to hate. Uh, <laughs> a, thousand, a Thousand and One Spikes. It is a brutally difficult platformer. Um, your guy looks like a little Spelunky guy. Pith Helmet Explorer, right? Um, it was made by Vangelis, the person that did the movie for Blade Runner. The soundtrack. Uh, N- Nicalis, Nisalis. Oh, okay. Uh, the cave. This is a game by the Cave Story guy. Oh, or okay. girl or people. I don't know what Nicalis is. Is that a person? I think it is a a a single guy, but I don't know that for certain. You haven't looked at his OK Cupid profile and see if he's still single. <laughs> do people update their OK Cupid profiles when they start dating someone? Do they? I do they go my, in and take themselves off the market in a relationship? Yeah. Mm. Every year on my birthday, OK Cupid sends me a thing that says. This is normally when we would send you on a fling, but it says that you're in a relationship, so we'll just wish you a happy birthday. Uh, they they try to send you on a birthday fling? That's what they say. I've never been single on my birthday. Huh. I guess there is that. Never? There is well, that, not since I joined Okay Cupid. There is that checkbox that is, I like to give handjobs to dudes just because it's their birthday. <laughs> as that's probably what signed they, up as a, probably what they somebody use who's interested for. in dudes, mm-hmm. so I don't know. Oh, they asked me, even though I didn't. I've never actually set up an OK Cupid profile. I've never been single on any day. Oh, <laughs> uh, guys, it's been a real treat doing this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. Like, yeah, maybe like a week. I don't. Yeah. I don't think a week sure. is too long to wait for another no, another dose of this good, good, good stuff. The anticipation is good for people. That's right. Uh, Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail, how would they go about doing that? Sometimes we actually answer the questions. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, you could tweet us at VG Hot Dog. You could email us VGHotDog at gmail.com. Or you could check out our website, VideoGamesHotDog.com. It's on the internet. Dot com. Good night, guys. Good night. Have a great week, everybody. Rain pants. Uh, uh, that's not even a thing. Sure it is. I own a pair. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs>